Welcome back to episode number 22 of the NP Dude. I am Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That is all of our voices. So keep those questions and comments coming. I'm keep getting more more, more response. Uh, my daily downloads still ticking up, guys. You know, so I appreciate you guys are sharing, getting the information out there, and uh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun. So it's just kind of a win-win-win, right? Hopefully, you guys are having some fun too. Hope you guys like listening to the show. I'm hearing some good positive feedback. I still haven't had anybody other than the one person say that they were real happy with me, but I'm, I'm not really getting a huge amount of, uh, you suck, Jeff, you, you're wrong, Jeff, you're, you're, you're missing the boat, Jeff, that's the stuff I want to hear, because then I know I'm on the right track, if I'm, if I'm going down the wrong path, I want somebody to help me correct myself, too, so that's, that's uh, always a viable option for you guys to do, just tell me I suck, I want to hear somebody say, you suck, Jeff. All right, tell me anyways. I want to hear it. I'll post. I promise. I will always post comments. If you guys do it, I won't I won't uh, hide those from anybody. I'm, I'm good with constructive criticism. So as long as you're giving me something that, you know, why I suck and maybe a way to fix it, that might be a little bit helpful too. But um, so that's out there. Um, just um, wanted to go through and do a quick one. This is going to be a really short show for me, I think, hopefully, and because uh, I'm in, in between driving and I'm, I'm not going to have much time to get there. The one question that came in today, just actually like, I don't know, an hour ago, and it was a good question, and it was very specific to something that happened to me, too, and I thought, well, that's a good point. I, you know, you kind of forget about it. And it was a question from someone that is working as an RN right now, and I'm not going to use your name. Unless you want me to use your name, tell me, you know, use my name, but otherwise I don't. And the situation is this. They're an RN. They don't like their job or don't want to work at a place or they're looking for another job. I don't even know why. But they're they're going to move to a different facility as an RN, but they're either in school or about to start school for, for NP. And the question was, well, how do you handle that with your potential employer? You know, how do you, how do you do that? And that was a good question that you asked because at least it shows you recognize the fact that you might be kind of off-putting somebody if you don't tell them the truth, right? So what do you do? My philosophy, when, when and I had the same thing happen to me. I, I was interviewing <clears throat> for some positions while I was still in NP school, and um, and I wasn't sure how to do it myself because I, I just you know I didn't want to take advantage of a situation and then lie to somebody later and say yeah I you know I was always intending to not be here two years three years from now, but I needed the job. And so here's how I justify what you do. I, I, I would recommend that you be honest, number one. And I'm not going to tell anybody to not be honest. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say be blatantly honest. I wouldn't come out of the gate saying, I don't want to work in a hospital, uh, and I am going to NP school so I can work in an, in an outpatient clinic, and I don't really want to work here. <laughs> you know, that's not really the goal. You still got to pay your bills. So I wouldn't say that. I would say, you know, I don't really... Um, you know, I'm looking for another position, and here's why. Maybe it's closer to home, or maybe you want to be in a different setting, or maybe you've, you've kind of maxed out, or maybe the hours aren't good and you want to be on day shift, whatever it is. But make it something that doesn't make you look like you're complaining as why you want to switch from job one to job two as an RN. It's got to be something that's like, man, I'm just getting really pounded with the hours, and I can't do it, and, and it's just not conducive for my personal life. And that's not lying. That's true, right? So that you can say those reasons, even if maybe it's just the boss is a prick. So, you know, you got to make sure you're not saying, my boss is a jerk, and I don't want to work there anymore. That's never a good reason, because people may not like that boss that you're interviewing with. Somebody's not letting me over. Come on, buddy. Keeps tailing me. There we go. 
So I would recommend coming up with a canned answer as to why you're looking for another job in the first instance. And that's number one. Number two is I would ask the question about what their thoughts are about advanced practice nurses and turn it on them and say, what do you think about advanced practice nurses? And you'll get an idea of what the manager feels. And if the manager is like, you know, I hate the idea of it, I'll, I'll never hire anybody that's getting their NP degree, then either you can, you know, keep that information to yourself and not say any more and potentially get the job and look like a schmuck later when you resign. Or you end up with... Um, you know, somebody that says, I love this, I love the NP, I love people that are willing to go out there and, and spend all that extra energy to get that degree, and, and I could take advantage of that, of those people that are getting that in, extra information. So you could get your best fan or your worst enemy in the same, you know, within the same response, the same question. So I would ask the question of them, what, what are your thoughts about somebody getting their advanced degree? And then, you know, and then just let them say. And if they say, well, are you in school or are you planning on going to school? Well, they, that's where it opens up the question of where do you say? How much do you say? My suggestion would be to not lie. Just because I can't lie. I'm not a good liar. That's why I'd never make it as a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not a good liar. So I would just say, yeah, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in NP school or I've already applied and I'm starting NP school or whatever your situation is. And I would let them know that, you know, this is important to me. This is something that I want to do. And then turn it back on them and say, do you see any future here as an NP? Is there a place for me? And you'd be surprised. Most of the hospital systems have outpatient clinics. Most of the hospital systems have uh, emergency departments that do hire the nurse practitioners. Now, family, we've talked about whether that's within or outside of the scope of NP, uh, of an FNP. Go listen to those other shows and get my viewpoint and my recommendations on that. But that's really a question for the state board. But I know people that have said to me when I was interviewing, yeah, we have, yeah, we, I see a potential to use you down the line. You know, you could learn our process as an RN, appreciate what we do, you know, from that perspective, and then become a provider for us, and we'll just roll you right into it. So that's an option. And, and I had several opportunities that were through the hospital I was working at when I was interviewing as an NP, and it did help get in there because I said, yeah, I work in the ICU at this system. Oh, so you understand Meditech or whatever computer program there is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Oh, okay, great, because we use that. Awesome. You know, or whatever it was. So that, that, that's a thing to keep in mind, too, that there's not necessarily a big detractor of working as an RN um, for only a year or two for a system and then going to become an NP there. That's a, that's a great way to do it. In fact, I know people that that opened doors for them to do it that way. But would I lie to them and say, no, I'm not in NP school, or no, I'm not doing this, and then you tell them a year and a half later, hey, I've got clinicals on Tuesdays, and they say, clinicals for what? Clinicals for my NP program. I've been in it for two years. Ah, eesh, that looks bad, right? Because now you're giving them ammunition to terminate you because you're an at-will RN. You're not contract. So, uh, it just, it, it, plus it just makes you look like a schmuck. Do you want to look like a schmuck? No, nobody does, right? So now you've got that situation where you maybe have a bad taste in somebody's mouth because you lied to them, lied to them or misled them somehow. And now you've got to, you know, you're applying for positions and, and maybe it is in that system. 
And so now you're going to have, you know, a big detractor for why they would want to hire you because you were not really truthful about what your situation was. So I, I wouldn't go into the FNP versus, you know, acute care. I would just say NP school and let them make their own opinion of what it is, not lie, but maybe just not be completely open about that. And that way they know that, well, maybe they're acute care and they can roll into an acute care, be a hospitalist or something in, the, in that, that hospital. If it's the, if that's the type of system now, if you're going to go work in a different setting like dialysis or something, and it's a totally different animal, you know, I, I don't know how to spin that one, right? I don't know if there's any NPs that work in the nephrology group that maybe you could tie in with and do it that way. I don't know. That's that's an option too, but I would try to make some kind of causal link between why you're doing what you're doing, and that means why you're leaving the why why you want to leave the, the your current position and why you want to work in that facility and if you can make the link and it just has to be plausible you know just make the link plausible there's got to be some connection of why you're doing what you're doing and again go back and listen to my recommendations on what how to get the job if you haven't looked listen to listen to that one i think it's episode 15 i think go back and listen to that one and you get the, you get the idea about the story find your story and this is all part of your story so make a good story, make it truthful as much as you can, don't give away everything, and that's probably the best recommendation I could give on that. And I had that same situation, and I was completely blatantly honest with one of them, and the lady didn't hire me. She didn't even call me back. And I know it's because I said, look, I'm done with school in a year, and you know, I, I, I'm in family nurse practitioner program. I wasn't really excited about the opportunity anyway, so it was okay that I didn't get it. But I'm pretty sure it was because I was very open with her about that. Now, I could have probably downplayed it, and and uh, that probably would have been okay. I probably could have gotten in there. But, you know, I would have looked like a real schmuck either way because I probably would have been done there in six, eight months and, you know, finishing up clinicals. Now, the, the email I got was for, I think, three years of school. That's plenty of time. You know, you're you're senior person in a year and a half, two years in a lot of units. So there's a lot of turnover with RN, so I wouldn't freak out about that. I think that that's three years is plenty of good service time. You're going to make them good money, and you're you know if you're doing good care, getting somebody for a year, year and a half is is plenty of time to really get your money back out of them, considering the amount of training that's required when they when you start into that hospital system. Now, if it's if you're working in that same hospital and you're moving to a different unit, then you, I wouldn't feel bad after six months because they've already invested in you you know, all the training that gets you up to speed the first month of, you know, orientation stuff and, and shadowing and all that stuff that goes along with starting in a new place. So I, I wouldn't really worry about it. You know, three years is plenty of time. I wouldn't feel guilty at all about three years. Plenty of time. Plenty of time for them to make their money back off of you. And, and if you're good at what you do, even a year or two is plenty of time. So that's. I hope that's good advice. I hope that you guys agree with that. If you guys disagree with that, I want to hear why. I want to hear what what maybe a manager out there that hires RNs says, no, I'd be completely pissed off all the time, every time. I don't know. Tell me why. I want to hear it in the comment section below. I want to hear why. Or go on the Facebook page and comment there. Now, one of the other things that I just wanted to uh, give a heads up out there, and I found out just today, and it's probably my fault because I've been kind of slack and checking the the, uh, State Board of Nursing for Ohio, but they've approved the CPG, which is the uh, Center for Prescriptor, the Council for Prescriptive Guidance or whatever it is, Committee for Prescriptive Guidance, CPG. They're the ones that make our formulary in Ohio. They have approved, as of January 23rd, they approved at their last meeting Suboxone for nurse practitioners. It's still got to be in your collaborative, though. you got to have it, have it as a... Um, 
you specifically have to mention that it's within the scope of practice. And uh, in April, that's going to change again. But at least it's out there, so we can start doing that. So get your buprenorphine training, waiver training done. If you're interested in doing that type of stuff, it's a great class. Uh, some of it in the middle of it's a little redundant. Some of it was really interesting. Um, there's a lot of good reinforcement. So if you pay attention, you get a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again. And that's kind of good. But get that buprenorphine tra waiver training done because you can now do the waiver. I don't know anybody that actually has it. Somebody on Facebook said, yeah, we can do the Suboxone. We talked about this yesterday. And I was like, I don't think we can. Well, I was wrong. So we can do it now. So somebody beat me to the punch on that one. And it is in the formulary as of right now for Ohio. So good to go, right? So that's one more step closer. And I encourage everybody to do the training, even if you're not intending on doing Suboxone or Subutex. I just think it's a really interesting way to perspire perceive those people that come in all the time asking for narcotics and at least you can say you know what there's people that can help you out there and there's more and more of us every day that are getting out there and available to start that so take a look at that go back and look at my ASAM uh, note I've got it in one of the show notes you've got the link in there as well uh, that you can go back to I know it's one of the earlier episodes in or one of the early pod, uh, blog posts that I did that you can you can pull that information and go take a look so I encourage you to do that as well. Now, what was the other one? Um, and I'm still driving, so let me think about it. It was um, it was a great question, and I don't know the answer to this one. I'm, I'm going to punt and tell you what I think it is, but I think everybody has – this is like it's, uh, it's an opinion thing to some people, and it's like everybody's got their own answer, and they've got justification of why it is what it is. And I think it's very state-specific. And it's it was a question that came in on my Facebook page that asked, and this was a while ago, so I apologize I didn't, I didn't address it, but I just, I've been kind of thinking about it, you know, and I just didn't want to get into it without really trying to think about it. And it was, what is the age that you can see, the youngest you can see as an ad adult um, nurse practitioner? So if you go work in an internal med office and you have an adult Jero NP degree, and, uh, you know, what's that number? What's that magic number? And I've heard that, I've heard a ton of different numbers. I've heard people say 14. I've heard 16. I've heard 18. And, you know, different variations of each, right? And the cop-out answer that we have as a nurse practitioner, and it's pretty easy, right? It's whatever your collaborative does. <laughs> so it's easy from our perspective. But what's the number? Everybody wants to know this number. And I see this every now and then come up on Facebook pages. And somebody asked it on mine, and I'm like, I don't know, right? I just don't know. So in, in Ohio, I do know. This is what I do know. In Ohio, the age of cons uh, consent, the, the age for someone to consent for, like, touching them is 12 years old. Okay. Um, but that could cause a lot of legal problems, right? I mean, if a 12-year-old comes to you and says, I think I'm pregnant, and, uh, you know, you have to do, you know, I mean, it's obvious they look pregnant, but you need to do a pelvic exam on them or whatever for the pregnancy, and they're 12 years old, man, I, don't, I really want the parents to sign off on that one, right? I, I don't want to take that leap and get in trouble. Because is it is it unwanted assault? Or it would technically be a battery, right? Touching is a battery. Assault is scaring the crap out of people. So it would be a battery. So what, I don't know, 12, 12 is the age of consent. Now, with with respect to, like, a 12-year-old girl giving consent for sexual contact from a boy, a 12-year-old to an adult, 12-year-old is age of consent. Now, they can get you on a billion other things. In fact, my one of my best friends is a prosecutor that does sex crimes and stuff like that. So he's like, 
yeah, 12, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't even prosecute somebody that's, you know, 18 that touches a 12-year-old if they consented. The problem is I can get them on a dozen other things that'll be just as penalizing to that scumbag as, you know, the age of consent argument. So he's like, I don't even go there. I don't need to. I got other, other ways to get this, this scumbag and put them behind bars. So the age of consent being 12, I just don't trust it. So I hear a lot of people saying 14 in Ohio. I think technically you probably could say it depends on the Tanner stages and where they are you know, physically developed. I don't know. I, I wouldn't see somebody that was physically developed that, you know, as an adult if they were still at a Tanner 3. It's just not going to happen. It's not appropriate. And so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even entertain that. So for a nurse practitioner, it's easy. Just whatever your collaborative does. If the collaborative says I was trained to see people that are you know 16 and above, you're 16 and above, regardless of what the state is. I would just do what your collaborative does. That's the easy answer, right? Just follow the collaborative. But the number, what's that magic number? I've seen I've seen 16, 18. I, I 14 makes me nervous, to be honest with you. I. I would probably get a little bit more clarification and follow up with legal and ask that question and find the answer specific to that. I don't have that problem because I'm family, right? So I, don't, I, I can see them all. It doesn't bother me. So I don't need to look that up. It's not an issue for me. Uh, somebody tell me where they're finding this information. If for some reason you have somewhere that says, you know, adult is 16 and older, I'd like to see the guidelines for that. Now, my bet is that it's what is the standard of care within your profession. So if you have a internal medicine uh, association that's out there, then they probably have their opinion of what your age is. So you could take that into consideration as well. So not only what the state would allow um, for board purposes, but as far as what it is specific to the organization that maybe they belong to. So it's kind of a standard of care question in my opinion too. So that's the other thing that I got going on, and if you guys have information on that, I'd love to see that. I just I, I don't have the time to try to dig into that. It's too broad, and uh, to find all the information and where to find it, and I just it doesn't apply to me. So it's not something I really need to look up. But if you guys have some guidance on it, show me, and I'd be happy to go try to dig into it a little bit and find out. So keep the comments and questions coming. This was a little bit shorter, about 18 minutes, so hopefully it's not boring you guys too much. But if you have comments and questions, don't hesitate. Email me. I'm, I'm getting a couple good emails every day. Um, I'm getting a couple of good posts, occasionally getting some shares. I'm still seeing a lot of just good questions on Facebook posts. Uh, some of them are specific to, you know, how do you treat this or what is that or here's a hypothetical person, that type of stuff. And those are great, but I... I I think there's enough of that out there that we don't need to do that in the podcast yet. I think that we just talking about what it is that we do would be a good one. And I'm, I'm playing with the idea of doing a podcast about what NPs do versus PAs and making it geared toward, toward non-nurse practitioners, towards just the general public. So even if you were to... Um, listen to that it might give you some guidance as to what i tell people and explain to people because i'm constantly telling people what we do and having a good canned response that you you know you're on the elevator you got 20 seconds to tell somebody what we do and not getting into a 10 minute discussion on it and you know a short down and dirty way of doing it that might be a good one to do that in and then also have a follow-up that's a little bit more in depth about it and so i'm just floating that out there you guys tell me if that's a good idea do you think that would be helpful for you guys would it be something that you think it would be helpful to just say to somebody say hey go check out jeff the np dude 
uh, and here's his website, and he's got this podcast where he talks about that. So let me know what your feedback is on that. I want to know what, if it's worthwhile. I don't want to do stuff that's just boring to you guys and just hear me talk. So tell me what to talk about, right? Um, that's all I got today. So email me, Jeff at the MP dude. Dot com. You can always get me on the NB, at the NP Dude on Facebook. Don't forget to like and share. You guys are really getting it out there. Appreciate that. And uh, on iTunes, actually, the one response came in through iTunes today. Uh, emailed me and said, yep, I'm on iTunes and appreciate it. So it's working. And uh, keep telling me if it's working. Make sure you guys are still listening on there, too. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk soon.